Hey everybody, it's Justin with Midwest Mealworms. Uh, I wanted to take a few minutes and chat through feeding regimens for your mealworms and superworms. I've, I've been getting a lot of questions around how often should I feed, what should I feed, uh, what about this, uh, what about that. Uh, I just want to walk through sort of my methodology for what I'm doing, uh, how, that's how that's changed over time. Uh, so I do it differently now than I did it when I started uh, and, and really try to walk through the progression of things instead of giving somebody a, a straight answer. Uh, I, I try not to do that too much because the, the variance is so great. So your specific scenario, your specific farm, your available materials, all of those things play into your feeding regimen. So I want to go through more of how to assess that versus here's a schedule everyone should adhere to because it very like everybody's going to be different. Okay. Um, so let's just chat through minimum uh, requirements for a, a mealworm. We'll focus on them first. So for a mealworm, they need their substrate, right? So they need the wheat bran, the oats, um, the, whatever you can get your hands on. Um, some folks use ch unmedicated chick feed, uh, something for them to be able to get into, live in essentially, but also eat. It's their primary food source, uh, some sort of grain. Um, lots of different options out there. Really what it comes down to is what do you have easily readily available uh, and what are your end goals with your colony? If you have a large colony where you're going to go through 50 pounds a week of some sort of material, you're going to need to be able to source that. Whereas if you've got a small colony, you're keeping a smaller volume of, of mealworms to feed to a reptile, for example, you could get grains from your local grocery store while you're there getting groceries for yourself. So um, from a grain perspective, Find what's available to you, uh, what's easy to get, and what's cost-effective for you. From a moisture perspective, uh, moisture sources come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and ultimately what it's going to depend on is what your end goal is for use of your mealworms. If you're going to feed your mealworms to a reptile, to poultry, uh, to a small mammal, what is that animal allergic to? Don't feed that to your mealworms. So if you have a small marsupial who's allergic to citrus, don't feed citrus to your mealworms. Um, it just creates that scenario for potential risk. Uh, there's some literature out there that shows that uh, whatever an insect eats is through its system within 48 to, to 72 hours, uh, but it's not worth the risk. Don't take that chance. Um, just don't feed those sources to your mealworms. Uh, if you don't have any of those restrictions, carrots, potatoes, uh, banana peels, bananas themselves, um, all different kind of things you can get, peppers, cucumbers, uh, stuff in your garden uh, that you might have that are scraps or that, that aren't edible for you, pull out the really soppy moisture ridden stuff, put in what's there, tomatoes, blueberries, all different kinds of things uh, mealworms can eat um, and, and you know use as their source of moisture. Now when it comes to how much to feed, that, again, wholeheartedly depends on what your colony size is, what your environment variables are. So I'm going to go through mine. Now, by no means do what I do, right? Or, or by no means don't do what I do. Um, just kind of listen to how things are going, um, and, and we'll apply that to smaller colonies as well. Uh, so in my farm, I've got a 20 by 24 foot farm, uh, eight and a half foot vertical. And I keep that between 60 to 70% moisture, uh, humidity in the air. Um, the goal is 70 to 75. 
Uh, I struggle with that sometimes given my environment in central Missouri. It can get a little dry sometimes, so uh, that is sometimes a battle, but that's the goal. I want to have as much moisture in the air as possible because what that allows me to do is feed less moisture sources to the insects because they'll pull some of that moisture from the air. Okay. Um, so if you have a low humidity environment, that's okay. There, there are ways to, to deal with that. You can create a microclimate or you can just feed them moisture sources more often, address your pupa in a different way. There's ways to tackle that. So in a 70% moisture environment, I am feeding a moisture source, which right now is potatoes or the water crystals, every two days. Now, when I say that I'm feeding every two days, I may not be putting something in the bin every two days or in every bin every two days. It does vary. And the reason it varies is depending on what that bin looks like when I go to put something in it, I'm going to assess, is there a need to put more moisture in this bin? So a good example is um, about a week ago, I found a bin that just had more mealworms in it than I should have put in there. Now, whether that was me making a mistake and putting too many in, over counting, over weighing, or if it was just a bin that had a lot of beetles um, that were very productive for that one to two week period and laid a lot of eggs and they all survived, it's just a bin that was had a lot of mealworms in it. They were, they were starting to get really crunchy. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but there's a way you put your hand in there, you feel them, they feel like they're drier. Um, they were drying out faster because they weren't getting enough moisture source for the quantity of mealworms that were in that bin. So I've separated the bin out, um, leveled it off uh, to, to my normal amount within one bin to that size, and gave them moisture sources. There were a couple other bins that were lower. And so in those lower bins, they had not yet gone through the moisture source that I had put in there two days before. So I didn't add as much. I will add a little bit, and again, it really depends on the bin. So I, in, that, in those scenarios, I added a little bit to the bin just to compensate to cover them for the next two days to make sure they didn't dry out. And again, it's just looking in those bins each time I go to feed. What's the bin look like? Um, is there anything weird going on? Uh, and it's a visual inspection. Just like with any other agriculture uh, where you're raising an animal, you're going to look at the animal and ascertain for that specific animal what is, what is their need, right? So in this case for this specific bin, you know, in, in my case I'm going through hundreds of bins potentially, um, but I go, I look at that bin and determine, is there something here that needs to be done differently? Uh, so there's not a process or a procedure that you can stick to 100% of the time because your variables are going to change. Um, with a smaller insect farm, depending on what your setup is, if you have a closed container, it's going to hold that moisture longer, right? So if you're using one of those Rubbermaid drawer systems um, versus an open top bin or a bin that has mesh on the top, the, the bin with the mesh and the open top are going to lose moisture faster. And so you might need to feed those more frequently if you're in a low humidity environment. Whereas if you've got closed bins and you put a carrot in there or potatoes, it might stay damper and, and have more moisture in it longer because it's going to take longer for that moisture to leave that drawer. Okay. So your feeding process, um, you want to make sure that you've got whatever your substrate is, make sure that, that it's in there account for, you know, if you're getting ready to sift frass out, maybe you'll run a little lean, uh, let them get a little down uh, on the wheat uh, or substrate, uh, and then sift the frass out, get them back into some substrate. From a moisture perspective, uh, open the bin up, visually look at it, run your hand through it.
banana peel in there uh, and they were eating on it but it's moved to the bottom of the bin um, check to see if there's anything in there you can't see run your hand through it that's that's the best way to, to check a bin um, run your fingers through if there's nothing in there throw some moisture sources in if it's really dry if you're running your hand through and there's there's absolutely no moisture um, and you'll you'll notice this like over time you're going to gain some experience because you'll put your hand in something that will be too moist and you'll immediately know the reverse of that is a little harder to detect because you're not watching for it right so run your hand through it if it seems way too dry maybe give them a couple extra slices of carrot or potato or whatever it is that you're providing um, but then check that bin uh, the next day so instead of waiting two days to look at them or three days check in the next day see if things are okay See if anything's changed that needs to be addressed. Um, so open the drawer, go through the bin, check it out, put a moisture source in, come back two days later and do the same thing. Okay? What you'll find is that you'll get into a rhythm. You're going to start to get into a pattern with your farm, wherever it's located, if it's in a closet, in a basement, out, out in a shed, wherever it's at, you're going to get in rhythm with, with the drawers uh, and the insects. And you're going to start noticing, wow, this bin seems to go through things a lot faster. And you might have to try to figure out why. But the why isn't, so, isn't as important as addressing and changing for the specific bin. And what you need to be aware of is as your variables around you change. So if you move your farm from a basement outside, because now the temperature outside is, is uh, reasonable and better, um, maybe the humidity has changed. And so you might have to, to keep an eye on the, the moisture process a bit more um, closely. So anytime you change one of those environment variables, knowingly or unknowingly, things are going to happen. And so you just, you just have to, over time, get some experience, get some exposure to what's going on there. Um, hopefully this was helpful. So if you guys have any questions about your specific scenario, the feed you have available from a, a substrate or from a moisture perspective, um, please reach, reach out to me and let me know. Um, you'll see all different kinds of things on my, my YouTube and my social pages where I posted a, a, something where they'll eat like a banana peel or blueberries, a lettuce, things like that. Um, really those are scraps from our kitchen. But those scraps are going to the mealworms that stay in my colony that ultimately produce beetles and keep the colony going. Nothing that gets that stuff goes out the door. Um, anything that goes out the door gets to potatoes or water crystals and wheat bran. Uh, I want to keep that consistent so that whatever the end use is, um, the folks that are purchasing those mealworms know. So in your case, you know what your colony is going to be used for. If you're looking at selling to external folks, um, but you still want to integrate kitchen scraps and, and that dynamic into your colony, I 100% support that. Just be open with the people that are buying your mealworms. Okay? Make sure they understand that they might get blueberries, they might get orange peels, um, they might get something different, uh, so that the folks who are purchasing them from you can be informed and maybe provide feedback on, hey, that's not a good thing for me, uh, and you prevent you know, harming or injuring something in the long run. So any questions, please reach out to me uh, all over social media. Uh, text me, um, shoot mealworms uh, over to 555-888. Uh, um, start texting with me directly. Um, I'm here to answer questions and help with your colonies. I uh, hope, hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening. Have a great one. One final note, podcast listeners, head over to midwestmealworms.com slash SMS and check out texting options. The big one right now is weekly deal. Send that over to me and get signed up to get weekly deals texted directly to you from me. 
lots of other things that we can text about, mealworms, superworms. Let me know what you're interested in. If you're having problems, whatever it is, I want to hear from you. So head over to midwestmealworms.com sms, and let's get texting. Thank you much for listening. Have a great day.